0: Was a Freaks? your boy Marty Bend here to introduce this RIP of Rabbit Hole recap? RIP 198 approaching RIP 200. Maybe that's when we'll officially completely move over to the new RHR stream is RIP 200. Maybe we start at a nice even number Did next week here on TFTC and then we move completely to the RHR podcasting stream on RIP 200. That could be clean just from an even number perspective yeah if you freaks aren't aware we talk about in this rip Matt and I um, we're spinning out a new podcast feed for RHR specifically so we'll have TFTC here for the interview series and then RHR on its own feed rabbit hole recap uh, is what it will be called the feed will be called in your podcasting apps um, so be aware of that when we do officially move that over going to need your support. Like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, leave a review. Help us get visibility of RHR. Obviously, we're 200 episodes in, but we're going to be starting this new feed from scratch. And so uh, we're going to need help um, developing the reputation on that new feed. So we would appreciate if you guys would help that out. It right, was a good rip. I mean, a lot of stuff talking about it like could be viewed as depressing. Whenever he's going to make you aware, we're going to win, things are going to be okay. We've got the the ability, the technology, and the will to build ourselves out of this slavery. Uh, It's going to take some time. It's going to take some hard work, but we're going to do it. This rip was brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is here to bring you financial services, to bring you security, to bring you education, to bring you white glove concierge service that'll take you from zero to having a two or three multi-sig vault set up where you hold two keys and Unchained holds one key. This is important. You eliminate single points of failure. If you have all your Bitcoin on an exchange, that is a single point of failure. Bitcoin exchanges are known to get hacked. They're known to be targets of regulatory scrutiny. One day you could wake up, you can either not have your Bitcoin because the exchange lost it, or not have access to it because somebody went to the exchange and said, don't give the freak access to his Bitcoin just because we said so. Unchain helps you eliminate that single-party risk, okay, by creating it to a three. Signature vault, multi-sig vault, where you hold two keys again. So you have full control of your Bitcoin as long as you have those two keys. Not even Unchain can prevent you from moving those Bitcoin. You can move them whenever you want. Um, but Unchain does have a key in case you get in a pinch and you need them uh, to, to move your Bitcoin. On top of this, they're providing financial services. They have a lending desk. They have an IRA product. Uh, they're, they're building out a, a banger, banger team. Go check out everything they have going on at unchained.com. Unchained.com. Use the code TFTC if you want to do the white glove kind of share service. You'll get $50 off. That package comes with video conference calls, hardware wallets, and a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats dumped in your vault once it's all set up. This rip was also brought to you by good friends at Brains. Brains. Brains, brains the team with the brains to bring you the Brains OS Plus firmware that's going to help you stack more sats with your ASICs. If you're in the mining world and you have an ASIC, one of those computers that that produces hashes that allow you to connect to a mining pool that then pays you in sats for contributing to producing hashes that allow you to add blocks of transactions to the Bitcoin network. Brains OS Plus firmware. Uh if you download it on an ASIC, if that ASIC is compatible, it's gonna help you stack more SATs because you're gonna be producing more hashes uh which is gonna get you more SATs at the end of the day from uh the mining pool or your your own pool your your own self mining um, operation if you have one uh, brains o s plus firmware is the firmware that brains is working on they're also the team behind slush pool, which is the oldest mining pool. In Bitcoin's existence, the first ever mining pool, it's, it's survived. A lot have have come and gone, but slush Pool has remained steadfast, stalwart in the mining pool industry. If you're using BrainsOS Plus firmware on your ASIC and you point your hash at SlushPool, you're going to get 0% fees from SlushPool. So um, that's a good perk. You don't have to point your BrainsOS Plus firmware uh, enabled ASIC at Slush pool. However, if you do, you get those fees uh, waived. The the pool fees. Uh, they've got insights.brains.com, an incredible website that'll uh, allow you to get a a whole perspective of the mining industry, profitability, hash rate, difficulty, pool distribution, uh, the you know, profitability of individual ASIC models the whole shabam insights.brains.com go to brains b-r-a-i-i-n-s.com check out everything they have going on it's all consolidated in that one web website go to brains.com you'll see slush pool firmware the dashboard the good content brains.com b-r-a-i-i-n-s.com last but not least this was brought to you by our good friends at Huddle Hoddle. Huddle Huddle is here to bring you a no it no kyc no aml lending. Uh, platform that it, that leverages Bitcoin's native multi-sig properties. You put Bitcoin up as collateral in a two or three multi-sig escrow account. You hold one key, your counterparty in the loan holds one key, and then Hoddle Hoddle is the third key, the arbiter in the situation. Um, the beauty of this, you don't have control of the Bitcoin throughout the duration of the loan. However, since you hold a key in the two or three multi-sig wallet, you have visibility into the wallet, which gives you the, the ability to have confidence that your Bitcoin is not being rehypothecated after you put it up as collateral to get stablecoin liquidity. You put your Bitcoin up in the two or three multi-sig, you get stablecoins in return as long as you're paying back that lo- loan plus the interest attached to it. You are going to get your sats back at the end of the day. The other side of that marketplace is the people giving out the stablecoins. If you have stablecoins and you want to enter a peer-to-peer um, uh, anonymous lending market, you can do that at hoddle. Uh, Lend.HodlHodl.com is the lending platform. HODLHODL uh, HODL also has a peer-to-peer exchange. You just go to Hoddlehoddle.com for that. Um, they're building incredible tools and products at HODLHODL. HODL, bang up team, really staying true to Bitcoin's ethos of peer-to-peer um, commerce and leveraging Bitcoin's native properties to, to bring a future Financial product. Well, it exists today. It's not a future financial product. It's here today, but they're creating a vision of of what a future financial company may look like. Lend.hoddlehoddle.com for their lending platform. Enjoy this riff. You've had a dynamic
1: where money's become freer than free. Can you talk about a Fed just gone nuts? all all the central banks going nuts so it's all acting like safe haven i believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue
0: their currency bitcoin wins in the world of fiat currencies bitcoin is the victor
1: i mean that's part of the bull case for bitcoin if you're not paying attention you probably should be probably
0: should be be. tight rep today we got Things to do in the afternoon. We've got people coming in the studio to record other podcasts. We got an hour and forty minutes here, Matthew. Let's uh let's have a good one today. I know we're let's rip it. Rip it and rip it, baby. We're gonna jump right into it. The price gods have crashed the price today, right before RHR. Uh crash maybe a hyperbolic word, but we're sitting at thirty-six thousand six hundred and ninety-five cuck bucks. One cuck buck's gonna get you two thousand seven hundred twenty-five sets. We are sitting at block height 735,055. We are currently 785 blocks away from the next difficulty adjustment, which is estimated to be 5.3% upward adjustment. Blocks are coming at 9 minutes and 30 seconds on average. Whoa, mempool popping right now. 31,741 transactions in Clark's mempool.
1: Yeah, supposedly Binance did a bunch of consolidation Yesterday,
0: where are the average fees, where are the fees so are. So, right just
1: now? for just for the freaks, just to recap, what I mean by that is the number one driver of how much a uh, Bitcoin on-chain transaction costs you in terms of transaction fee is how many UTXOs, how many unspent uh, transaction outputs you have on the input side. So, if you imagine your bitcoin wallet is like a regular wallet and you have a bunch of different bills in there you have a bunch of different utxos that are all different amounts you know 10 million sats 5000 sats 10000 sats if you when you do a bitcoin transaction if you're trying to send a certain amount it's going to combine those utxos on the input side the more you have on that input side the higher your transaction fee is going to be so these bitcoin exchanges like binance or coinbase or Cash App, they have a bunch of, you know, they could have millions of UTXOs from all of their customers. Oftentimes, they're all these really small UTXOs. So if, if Bitcoin fees go up in the future, um, they're going to end up with a very high transaction fee burden. So what they do is uh, they consolidate all of those UTXOs into one, I mean, to simplify it into one big UTXO and then when they're sending transactions going forward, they only have to have one one UTXO on the input side. They have a limited amount of UTXOs on the input side. So right now, uh, apparently Binance is consolidating all of those UTXOs at a very low fee because fees have been extremely low. Just in case fees go up in the future, they won't have um, a high fee burden. Now, individual users should consider this as well when fees are low, but just keep in mind that you have an additional privacy concern um, that obviously if you combine all of those UTXOs into one big UTXO, all of those, all that Bitcoin is 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 linked to each other and any previous transactions that have happened in the past um, could then be linked to the same user.
0: Cheers. Thank you for that UTXO breakdown. Another thing, to, yeah, so consolidating these UTXOs if you're a big operator is very important and doing it when fees low. Can save your ass in the future what was what happened in 2017 didn't coinbase have something like eight million dollars worth of utxos that were unspendable or they were they were like
1: close to at least right so when the transaction fee is when the effective transaction fee is is a high percentage of the total amount of bitcoin you have um that becomes very painful to whoever's holding that bitcoin and if it gets to the point where the transaction fee is above the amount of the actual UTXO. Then we call that dust, which is is essentially an, a completely uneconomical output where you you can't spend it um, because the transaction fee is higher than the amount.
0: Yeah, and so Coinbase learned the hard way. I mean, they're lucky. The fee the fee market in 2017, it did the uh, the fees at one point did go higher than than the subsidy. It was higher than twelve and a half Bitcoin at one point in December 2017. At that point in time. You know, they
1: waited it out, and then yeah. they were able to spend it. But if if the fees had never gone back down, they would have been completely fucked.
0: Yeah. And that $8 million worth of U- <laughs> UTXOs that were does could have increased to something, like Bitcoin 100x from there, $800 million. Yep. Yep. Um, so be aware if you're operating in the space and you're operating with a lot of UTXOs, we, we should actually probably consolidate. Uh, we should DJ... UTXO consolidation process, We you need to think about a business on air here because shout outs <laughs> coming in that are paid for on chain. Uh, we have two shout outs this week, both were over Lightning, but we do get shout outs that are paid for on chain $50. Uh, it could, it's, how many sats is that right now? It's 100,000 sats? Yeah,
1: 125,482 sats. So, and I just to while we're on the topic of transaction fees, there's a there's a important distinction here because on lightning, so on Bitcoin on chain, your transaction fee is the amount of data you're sending. So the, the biggest driver of that is how many inputs you have, right? How many UTXOs you have, but so like a, a transaction that's for a small, a, a small amount of total Bitcoin could have a higher transaction fee than one that's for a larger amount. Now on lightning, because it's data. On Lightning, it's a percentage of the actual amount of Bitcoin you're sending. So you don't have this situation. It's like, okay, I'm paying 1% of whatever amount I'm sending or whatever the fee rate is that your routing nodes that you're going through are charging. Completely different fee model.
0: We're doing a lot of learning beginning of this riff. We're not even done the dashboard. Freaks are getting value this week. Clark's men pull still around 31,243 transactions. Is this... You know, I saw... Samurai while tweeting the Whirlpool numbers this week is a new all time high 4544.98. That's what
1: they said. Yeah. I'm just, I didn't verify it.
0: Um, so yeah, it looks like Whirlpool unspent capacity is increasing. You know, it's 4544.98 BTC unspent value uh, with the price where it is right now is 166.2 million cuck bucks. Um, yeah, that's, uh, interesting times. We're still in this range. Still ranging between mid-30s, mid-40s. Uh, not that we care too much about price, but I, I do think there is one interesting stat that I saw floating around earlier this week. If the week ends uh, and, and we end the week down, this will be the longest weekly streak of, of red candles in Bitcoin's history. But if something like six weeks straight, um, six or seven weeks straight, which is just a um, fun little fact I guess I'm making history here not the history many people want to be making We're making but history, history on
1: consistent dumping <laughs>
0: yeah um so I thought that was interesting um all right let's jump into the list we got a good one today a lot of spying I titled uh the episode a lot of spy. <laughs> I titled the episode uh, on YouTube uh what did I title it um the government spies and lies so there's a lot of government spying and lying going on.
1: And the beauty is, if you're watching it through YouTube, you're being spied on while you're watching it. So, hey,
0: everybody, let's take everybody in the comments, wherever you're listening, just take a moment to say hi to our FBI agent, your FBI agent, um, their friends at the CIA. Just give them a nice, warm welcome in the comments section. And, if you're listening via podcasting two app or Spotify, uh, you can't really speak to the app, or you can comment on Fountain. Um, and I bet maybe our FBI agent is is listening via Fountain as well. Um, so comment there as well. Say hey. We have a on.
1: very dedicated FBI agent. He yes. streams out to the show to support us.
0: Yeah, he's very kind. Actually, he's a, he's he's fifth he's fifth column. He's <laughs> he's trying to um, to break the alphabet soup agencies from within. So, thank you to our FBI agent. Uh, speaking of surveillance, Coinbase launches a revamped surveillance product. What are they calling it? Coinbase Intelligence. Yes, intelligence. It's very Orwellian. We're gonna give you intelligent data uh, that is driven by us spying on our customers. Know your transaction, KYT. They're really leaning into the vernacular of of the the surveillance state.
1: I think chain analysis uses the term KYT too. To be fair, but
0: I mean, what do you think? Like, just they're just like openly leaning into KYC.
1: So really they revamped, they revamped their previous surveillance product and renamed it, and then they added another product, and then they combined them both under this new suite. And uh, they're going to make it really easy for other businesses to package it rather than. And, and they were already selling it to governments and intelligence agencies. So now um, I guess they're just going to make the process a lot more streamlined and more UX friendly is the play.
0: They have a great API to do all this. Know your transaction, the way they market it. As the largest regulated exchange in the US, it has been critical for us to work on the development of safeguards against bad actors. After years of collecting signals, about how to determine if an entity or transaction is facilitating illegal activity. We developed Coinbase KYT to help businesses and institutions better mitigate risk on their own platforms through our API. Illegal activity. Going on. They're they're looking for it. Know your transaction. They're going to reduce fraud, demystify counterparty risk, and help flag AML risk with sophisticated risk scores and alerts. Uh, as we know KYC AML is completely ineffective so they're just doubling down on that at Coinbase and the other surveillance funds and um, trying to spy on you so if you're using Coinbase maybe if you're not even using Coinbase um, their, their system's probably sophisticated to spy on people outside of their
1: exchange percent. Oh, well, percent. So. they're using all, all available data and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if when other exchanges and services integrate them, they use that data too. Yes.
0: Moving on. For more surveillance and enforcement, government intervention, the SEC nearly doubles the size of the crypto assets and cyber unit. Um, so they're... Uh, what's, what's the size going to here?
1: It's you, 20 to 40. Yeah,
0: you have 40 people now. Yeah, the word on the street, or the I think it's the analysis of this announcement, is that the SEC is really going to be focusing on like crypto. Yeah, it's probably Bitcoin. more
1: relevant to shitcoins just because Bitcoin's not a security. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that cyber unit might involve us more. Yeah, we'll get
0: to that as well.
1: Uh, Technically, cyber. this is a press release for both, so.
0: Yes, the division of enforcement's crypto assets and cyber units successfully brought dozens of cases against those seeking to take advantage of investors in crypto markets. By nearly doubling the size of the key unit, the SEC will be better equipped to police wrongdoing in the crypto markets while continuing to identify disclosure and control issues with respect to cybersecurity. It seems like they're one, one unit.
1: I mean, they listed as two units. Crypto assets and cyber unit.
0: Yeah, I think that's one unit.
1: Okay,
0: well, crypto assets and cyber whatever. as a collective. its
1: notable, noted, noted.
0: Um, you know what? think? There's a lot of people who think Gary Gensler is a, a closet Maxi, another fifth column actor in the
1: SEC. Do you have any thoughts on this? I don't think that's the case, but okay. I'm
0: not. Yeah, I'm not convinced, one way or the other. Pretty uh pretty if
1: he is then why is there no bitcoin e t f yet?
0: because he knows a bitcoin e t f is the is the what we don't want people are going to be holding their keys, so he's holding it back, so yeah people,
1: i yeah, I really think like a people, career statist is uh, really concerned about holding your own keys
0: hey, I mean that would be the tactic <laughs> you would hold off the e t f as long as possible to incentivize people to take control of their own keys, you know.
1: Yeah. column, I mean, baby. I, 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 he 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 is uh he's definitely bitcoin friendly. Um like as friendly for bitcoin you can be as like an SEC chair but yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm a fan of government SEC regulators just please stay out of the way. Just let things flourish um say don't care i mean i imagine they'll go after a lot of these defi things like that like i'm not cheerleading for it um but i, I can see them doing yeah, it that's
1: definitely what the focus is like yeah. icos defi shit token stuff NF- nfts
0: but again it's like goes back to the nanny state like we have a nanny state
1: 100% we do like
0: why well, yeah, just let people get burned that's how you learn lessons. I got burned. I got burned. And I forget MinPAL. Remember the
1: MinPAL rug pull? MinPAL, yeah. I Everyone got, got rug pulled on that.
0: Yeah, I was one of those people. Um, I learned. I learned a hard lesson.
1: Yeah, I lost all my coin on MinPAL and then I had to start from zero again.
0: Yeah, it's all gone. It's all gone. Um, but yeah, the nanny state stuff. Yeah, we have the disinformation governance board. You know, the TSA—it's just like we need to be coddled and treated like children and people that can't uh, have agency and responsibility for ourselves. You need the government here to tell you, "No, oh, you're like this is what you can do." I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Nor do I like the fact that the CDC was tracking the location of millions of Americans without a warrant. What the fuck?
1: This one we call, but this one I've been shooting yeah. shouting from the rooftops for yeah. fucking like two years now, three years but this is like, Um, so this is, this is, we've talked about this on rabbit hole recap multiple times. Uh, This is the largest and biggest example of it so far. Um, So it's worth reiterating. Um, We have, you know, we all have phones in our pockets. Uh, They are running a bunch of different apps and services. Um, Those apps sell data to marketing companies that include your location that location data is even more precise than cell phone triangulation data. Super accurate, because you have like location enabled, you have your GPS on. Um, and then the government goes and buys that data from marketers. So because they're buying the data from marketers and you technically, of your own free will, like gave, even though it wasn't really the case, gave that information to the marketers, um, they don't need a warrant. So they're able to buy all this data, they pretend it's an- anonymized location data, but like they know where you live, they know where you work, they know everywhere you go. Yeah, they like cross-reference. Uh, yeah, it's impossible to have anonymized location data because your location is so intimate and connected to you, especially if you have access to external data. Um, so they use this to track track millions of Americans. Now, if you want to talk about um, how we can stop this from happening going forward, it's not gonna be regulatory, it's not gonna be constitutional protections, none of that shit's gonna protect us. You need to take technical you need to take technical steps to reduce your surface area here. And the simple biggest thing you can do is just, you know, pull down on the top bar however the iPhone works, I don't know, and then you press the location thing and disable location. Disable location, install as few apps as possible, give them as little little uh, permissions as possible. Ideally, use an open source OS rather than iPhone or or Google. The 2D Googled uh, Phone OS's are Calyx and Graphene. I recommend both; either work. Reduce the amount of apps you use. Reduce the amount of permissions of the apps you use. Use open source apps as much as possible. Ideally, don't have a phone. If you <laughs> can do that, but I'm, I'm trying to be actionable here. Uh, for car GPS, I really like the Garmin GPS's because they don't phone home. They're very they're passive. They just pull. the, you know they they're just using the GPS satellite. They're not actually sending any information out. Um, so for for car navigation, if that's something you need, and if you absolutely need location, you can press enable, but keep it keep it disabled for as much as possible. Um, and this is not just about protecting yourself at scale. You know, we make all of our we help uh, you help reduce dragnet surveillance across the board. It helps everyone.
0: Yeah. What was who wrote that article? It was very interactive a few years ago that that showed how these companies track metadata by using the example of uh, a protest in New York, and then they were able, the the journalists were able to like identify particular people just by using the metadata. You
1: remember that? Um, no, some it wasn't. It was the the they found the Secret Service agent's house or whatever.
0: Yes, Is
1: that the one you're talking about. Yeah, they like started at like a speech. Like a presidential speech, and then they tracked it to the the Secret Service agent's house because he was at the speech. He was here, he was there, and then he went and slept at home. Um, and then there's another one that during COVID, I posted this one on Twitter this week. Um, they were bragging about how they could they they could track uh, COVID spread, like one of these marketing companies, and they like showed it. They like circled. They circled a group of people that were on a beach mm-hmm. in Florida. Yeah, we Florida, talked about this. Yeah. And then they tracked them throughout the country, and you could just see them go out the country. So imagine people doing that with protests, um, other prohibited activities. Like they can see, you know, meetups, conferences. Um, there's a lot of information out there, and uh, we're just willingly giving it to everybody. This is one of the reasons why I said, like, 1984 is kind of. Not even a dystopian novel anymore, um, because we've gone so far past it. And most of it is uh, a voluntary trade-off for convenience. We're just people are just blissfully unaware, and they just give all that information, and they pay for the privilege. Oftentimes,
0: yeah. Sad state of the world. But first, part of fixing a problem is identifying it. Matt mentioned many solutions that exist out there for mobile phones you have operating systems like embassy OS coming to market that are working on it from a desktop perspective and a home server perspective. I do have hope that we will get out of this mass surveillance state, though the situation is pretty dire.
1: Going I will with- say that the CDC, uh, was just exposed, uh, tracking tens of millions of Americans location without a warrant. And, uh, 99% of Americans have no idea that happened and could give two shits even if they even if they heard the headline.
0: Yeah, I mean, if we actually lived in a, <laughs> a country that respected the Constitution and its laws and the sovereignty and privacy that individuals were supposed to be granted, not granted, are you granted privacy? Is that an alien? It should be inalienable. It seems like it has to be granted to us now. Um, yeah, if we actually lived in a sane country that practiced what it preached and
1: Rights are not granted.
0: Yes. Rights are, are na- I believe in natural rights. There's big debates about Taken and defended. Yes. Um, but going back to this particular, I mean, CDC, I mean, just for the whole COVID lockdowns, it should be, the, the whole agency should, should be a, abolished. Walensky, that whole, the moral hazard in uh, the Center for Disease Control is pretty disgusting. Uh, the fact that they were uh, layering that moral hazard with uh, Dragnet security of people is, is, is just like another tick in the box. Is anything going to happen to them? Probably not, unless people stand up. But, like, with this particular story, like, it, it, what's going on with Peter Thiel? So, like, Palantir, so like the company, SafeGraph. Graph.
1: Love yeah, he loves surveillance. Yeah, it's like,
0: it's so weird. Like, it publicly postures like this big rah rah rights, freedom, liberty guy. And then he's, like heavily backing all these dragnet surveillance companies. Like he was—I mean, he was like yep. one of the most popular speeches at Bitcoin 2022, and I love that speech. Like, I, I like it up, but like, is he just posturing publicly one way and doing things uh, behind? I think the scenes. he
1: thinks you know, like private companies should be able to surveil on us, but the government shouldn't.
0: I mean, but, Paltier, but he's also
1: fine with selling. Palantir's biggest client to the is
0: government. the government. I know.
1: I'm aware. I'm aware.
0: Yeah. Very perplexing, Peter.
1: He's very pod- pro-surveillance. That's his like core principle.
0: Yeah, Peter. If you're, you you want to come on the podcast and discuss, the invite is open. I know you're listening. I know you're out there listening to, to RHR. You come week in a week out. It's like many of our famous friends, Hillary. Pumped to hear you're listening as well. um. both
1: calyx and graphene also have this feature that if you do have to have an app installed you can you can set it so it doesn't have internet access without the vpn on or you can set it so it just never has internet access um so like for and and you can also freeze apps so you can make it so an app is like essentially uninstalled but it's just one click away from using um i mean like my my favorite you know my my favorite surveillance app is uber (laughs) <laughs> uh, especially when I'm in like a foreign city or something. So if you have to have Uber, you just keep it frozen. And then when you have it enabled, when you have it on, you should do VPN only with location off. Like most people don't realize with Uber and Lyft, you actually don't even need location on. You can, you know, good old fashioned put in the address that you're located at and the fucking car will come. Um, So just keep that in mind.
0: Yeah. But then you're leaking that data to Uber and they have. Yeah, that but you're know.
1: still Marty. Like you're still. If you have location on, you're still leaking the data. No, I know, obviously. Uh, but you don't have to enable location. You can just put in whatever address you want. Yeah.
0: Um. Moving along, the FBI conducted potentially millions of searches of Americans' data last year. Report <laughs> <laughs> says. So, FBI agent, dude, what the fuck's going on there, bro?
1: This one was. Uh, Immigration related, I believe, if I recall correctly. Shocker. What does the FBI
0: do outside of like entrap people <laughs> and spy on people?
1: The, that's what they That's That's what they did. It's,
0: it's like they just entrap. Like, I mean,
1: occasionally they like arrest a murderer that went across borders or whatever.
0: Yeah. And, and likely, if you like dig deep into the story, they probably like drove the guy to murder at the end of the day. Like, this <laughs> is like the. the <laughs> Jevy, Jevy, we'll get to the good stuff soon. Don't worry, sir. Um, yeah, the the FBI, the the Michigan governor, they completely fabricated that story. I mean, there was obviously. I mean, I think it's public knowledge now. I think, believe in the New York Times was admitting it earlier this year. The January sixth stuff. There was some FBI agents inciting some chaos. That story we've talked about many times that um, autistic dude in Florida that they convinced to like buy a bomb, like set it up, and then they like arrested him in a sting operation, making it seem like they were stopping a terrorist, but they had created the terrorist in the first place. I've been watching the uh, documentary about Have you been watching this at all on HBO about the, the drug runner from the 70s? And Gary something. I forget the name of the show, but it's actually Gensler. Really... <laughs> not, not, not Gary Gensler, but another one. Uh, he was like a, a crop duster, turned into like a drug smuggler in the 80s, moving a lot of cocaine and marijuana. And the CIA basically arrested him and said, or entrapped him and said, like, if you either get arrested or you help us send weapons to Nicaragua during the, the Iran.
1: Oh, Iran Contra.
0: Yeah, during that, during that um debacle under the Reagan administration, um, the CIA like getting drug smugglers to smuggle guns into a country.
1: Yeah, they've been up to shit for years.
0: Yeah, that's actually a really interesting docu series.
1: And we had the one. Uh, the, we have the perfect the Bitcoin example too, <laughs> where like the guys who took down Ross were also.
0: Oh yeah, they stole the Bitcoin. Idiots didn't yeah. realize how a public ledger works and <laughs> got caught trying to siphon off some of the Bitcoin. They probably thought they were going to be rich. But are they still in jail? Do they even go to jail?
1: I think, I mean, one of them, Carl Mark Force, did. Remember him?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is our three-letter agencies and this is how they're protecting <laughs> you, your rights, a great
1: start of the episode. (laughs) And we're like, this is the week we were handed. So,
0: yeah, exactly. We can only at least we
1: know about it. These are, it's, they were spying before these stories came out. These stories are the the good news.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now it's public. We're identifying problems. Are we, oh, yeah, it was DEH and it's not FBI, right?
1: Uh, Oh, DEA, another great agency.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Remember when the, uh,
1: do We have an ATF story too.
0: <laughs> I mean, there's there's a very big ATF story about 40 miles south of where I'm sitting right now, uh, in a town called Waco, Texas. Never heard of it. They they murdered they murdered a bunch of children and people who just wanted to live Everybody sovereignly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the, that happened as well. So yeah, ATF did that. DEA stealing Bitcoin, FBI and trapping people, CIA smuggling. Weapons in the Nicaragua, among many other things. These are the United States intelligence apparatus and enforcement agencies that are here to protect you because you need to be protected because you're a dumb fucking cow. I can't have sovereignty and responsibility over your own self. You're too dumb. Let these people entrap you and control your life. On to somewhat rosier things. I mean, I'm interested to get your take on this. Obviously, I'm sure everybody knows that I have a take on this. Um, Recorded a podcast earlier this week. On the subject, uh, the Bitcoin Mining Council submitted a letter to the EPA. Um, So a bunch of people. Michael Saylor, Nick Carter. the
1: three-letter agency. Yeah.
0: (laughs) The EPA. Uh, The Environmental Protection Agency. EPA, the government, protecting the environment, okay? EPA is doing a lot of protection. Not a,
1: Marty, I was surprised that your signature wasn't on this.
0: Oh, were you? Were you? Yeah. I did get asked to sign it. Um,
1: what's I your mean, take on this?
0: I mean, I, I get what's going on. I mean, obviously, uh, there's a lot of screeching by some people in the government about Bitcoin mining. There's been... Screeching about Bitcoin mining for as long as it's been around, its energy consumption. Uh, the letter's intent was to highlight that Bitcoin mining uses a, a significant amount of "quote unquote" renewable energy, and they they are making the argument that you know, Bitcoin incentivizes more production of "quote unquote" renewable energy, um, and and they say it's going to help Bitcoin mining specifically is going to help a transition. The energy transition and the energy transition is a transition away from quote unquote fossil fuels to those quote unquote renewables. I'm saying quote unquote because these words are nothing more than marketing. Um, and I mean, let I me mean, be clear I have a lot of friends who signed this. I mean, I, I, I like everybody, I, I met a lot of the people who signed this letter. I like them as people. Um, I, I think they're many of them are good Bitcoiners. Um, who really want to see the network succeed and want to bring sovereignty to the world. However, um, as you may know, if you read the newsletter I wrote earlier this week or listened to the podcast, I recorded with Safedine, Dr. Safedine Amous on Tuesday, I, I just think this strategy and this narrative is a big mistake by the North American mining industry. Um, number one, and we discussed it at length, Safe and I, Safe Dean and I did a transition, the, re, the renewable transition, the energy transition is something that we should not be supporting. It does not make any sense. It is going to make humanity materially worse off. And it's, if we're being honest, not viable without a shit ton of subsidies and hydrocarbons. Um, so I, I think this catering to the frame that has been put forth by regulators and screeching politicians and screeching climate hysterics uh catering to that frame and trying to work within that as a mining industry is not a good strategy we should not cede the frame to these hysterics these zealots these people who don't have the truth behind them and we should put our own frame forth which is bitcoin mining's good humans are good increased energy production's good hydrocarbons aren't going anywhere and bitcoin mining is going to make us extremely energy efficient In the long run, in the fiat standard is actually what is wasting uh, a massive amount of energy due to the misallocation of capital that it incentivizes. So uh, I think running with the narrative that the Bitcoin Mining Council is sets us up for failure in the future. or Not failure, but they're going to have a lot of egg on their face when, number one, Bitcoin Mining doesn't incentivize a full... Uh, energy transition because I'm seeing it up close and personal oil and gas companies are going to get into Bitcoin mining in a big way and it's going to help them produce more oil and drill more wells uh, and so that's like people are going to be like hey I thought you said we were transitioning to all renewables what's up with all these oil and gas companies mining Bitcoin um, so that's like that's happening already like you could, that's that finger pointing is going to come if you keep running with this narrative uh and then yeah like i don't think we like should be catering to these these zealots Uh, and those are my thoughts at least like off the top of my head right now what do you think you've been very um apolitical about this what's what's the word you've been very uh non-committal one way i don't want to say non-committal you you're 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 Switzerland right now. It seems like on this subject.
1: I mean, look if the concern if the concern is that the large public warehouse miners are all going to get cucked by regulations, yeah, they're all going to one hundred percent going to happen. Uh, whether it's through the environment stuff, whether it's through uh, terrorist financing or whatever fucking FATFA stuff they want to hit them with, they're all going to get cucked in a million ways. Eesh. And I just think this is, you know, mostly a, uh, they're just rearranging the chairs of the Titanic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is why it's important. Again, like, is it maybe this ties in with like the, F- the alphabet soup agency talk we were having earlier. Like we need to call like, stop falling in and like trying to cater to these things that are objectively evil and bad and going to make us worse off as a society. Like, stop. Like, no, Bitcoin's good, sound money's good, more energy production's good. Like, I'm not apologizing for using hydrocarbons. We would not have the life that we have today without hydrocarbons. We're not going to have uh, the quality of life that we have today if we try to transition away from them. It's. it's well, one
1: thing I thought that was interesting here was uh, that wasn't really the crux of the argument for this specific letter. The crux of the argument was we are just data processors. We're not power generation processors. So it's like, why are you asking us when we're, we're not actually affiliated with the power production? We're just running these machines on power.
0: Well, that's, again, that's another narrative violation in the future. But this is a
1: new one, right? Like, I haven't heard that. Uh, like, that was the main argument here.
0: Yeah, the electricity is being produced anyway. Like, we're just using yeah. it like yeah i mean that, that that argument is essentially like why are you picking on bitcoin miners and not washing machines um but again
1: <laughs> no no it's more like why are you picking on bitcoin miners and not like A- AWS. aws
0: yeah or something um, but yeah i mean they're they're all interchangeable again like this is what safe and i like they do they want us using less energy it's like any energy use is bad so if you see that frame uh that like particular energy use is bad and and you try to cater to them you'll never be able to appease them because they think that all energy use is bad and that we need to use less in different kinds of energy and so bitcoin mining will just be using energy and taking away from things that they deem to be acceptable users of energy in the future it will be like oh bitcoin's using all this renewable, it could be used for something else. We're already seeing that attack come, even though it's nonsensical, it doesn't make any sense because there's not many things that um, are able to, to actually use that energy because people don't care about facts or logic or anything. They care about control. I've been saying this ad nauseum. Um, and like, again, it's the, the overarching theme of the letter was, yes, that the, we're not the power producers. But again, if you understand them, economics of mining in the future <laughs> miners are going to become power producers or power producers are going to become miners uh so like, again it's just setting up a for some point in the future for people to point but like wait you weren't the power providers and now you are like you, you said you were going to do this and you didn't and similarly with the energy transition like, i mean just these lines you're just putting expectations out there that these zealots are going to point to in the future and say, but wait, you said you were going to do this and it didn't happen. So therefore, you guys are lying. We need to attack your industry more. It's like, stop being on, going on the defense, go on the offense. These people are insane. What's the offense? Energy usage is good. We need more. Hydrocarbons aren't going away. Bitcoin is good. It's going to make us more energy efficient. The fiat standard is a problem, which leads to a misallocation of capital.
1: So offensive on like the the narrative side.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Do not, do not imagine like, look how much time was wasted across the industry this week.
1: Like thinking about this. Uh, Yeah. I mean, we just wasted like
0: what, like eight minutes. (laughs) Is it a waste? Is it a waste Uh, here though?
1: I don't know. The freaks all know, like, (laughs) you know, I, I, this whole first half of the episode is like the freaks know we're being surveilled already. It's bad (laughs) and what they should do. Most of them probably know how fees work. (laughs) <laughs> most of them know ESG is a scam and an attack on Bitcoin most of them know that large miners are going to get cucked <laughs> like we just rehashed a bunch of shit
0: hey we have new freaks coming every week Matthew
1: I'm glad I I hope the like the seven of you that <laughs> hasn't hey. heard those things
0: we're having insane growth on the, uh, right. on the download side thank you guys reminder spread the word about the show we're trying to educate people about this we will repeat this stuff in the future because there will be more new freaks coming so if you're getting of it sorry but it's fun to rehash all this stuff and you got to stay up to date with it and it's fun uh at some point in the future when the zealots do say but wait you said this you said you were going to do this but this happened we're going to be able to look back and go oh rabbit hole recap rip 198 we made everybody aware of this we have the tapes you can roll the tapes who cares about rhr pill it is all about rhr pill go rhr pill the way you can help do that is hit subscribe wherever you're listening. Great <laughs> review. That helps. It honestly does. If we, I do want to get this information out to more people I think it's important. We are in a narrative battle. I, I will be upfront. I just, I, I think Bitcoin's good. I am going to try to propagandize to make Bitcoin happen. I'm going to be open about that. We need to get to more yeah, people.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, Bitcoin's fuck you money. Yeah. But for a lot of people, it's fuck me money, so. <laughs> um,
0: um,
1: you actually reminded me uh, just in our usual tactic of talking business on the air. Uh, we do have a plan in place to um, oh, yes. roll Rabbit Hole Recap into its own podcast feed. Uh, it is not ready yet, but I think like it seems like our, right now it's like in two weeks the only way to listen on podcasts will be on the new feed. Um, so we'll remind you next week. But yeah, you're gonna want to search Rabbit Hole Recap in your podcast app and press subscribe over there.
0: Yeah, we're uh, we're doing some. I would say we're getting more organized here.
1: Housekeeping.
0: Yeah, some housekeeping. Separate streams. Um, all that stuff. We should have done it from the start, but we were young, dumb. And and then, like, looking at the way Adam Carey, John Dvorak, what they do, like, what Adam does, like, No Agenda, MoFax, Podcasting 2.0. It just makes sense to do all that, separate streams. And it makes stuff easier for, like, the Podcasting 2.0 splits and all that. It's become a nightmare intermingling the interviews and the RHR. Um, but
1: anyway, car has been working on that. We're we're very close. Next week will probably be the last one on the TFTC feed and we'll remind you. And then after that, they'll be on the RHR feed.
0: Yeah. And I'll be sure to continually remind people after the fact on TFTC feed. So when we do launch, when I mean, should we go tell them to subscribe now? There, I mean, there is. Yeah. Car saying, yeah. Just, I don't
1: think it's up yet. I think it, it's only on Spotify, Carr.
0: It's only on Spotify now.
1: Yeah, so don't subscribe. Stop using Spotify freaks.
0: I I still use Spotify. I mean, if
1: you want to use Spotify, use Spotify. I don't really give a shit. I use Spotify. it's only only available on Spotify right now. Well, it was a little premature. We'll remind you next week. We need to syndicate the RSS feed out. Get podcasting 2.0 set up and everything.
0: Yeah. And that was Business On Air.
1: That was a new thing though. So at least it's our first non-rehash of the of of the conversation.
0: Yes. This is pretty new. I've never seen this type of data done. How women across the world view Bitcoin.
1: Well, I thought this was interesting because I think most people would assume like oh like spirals biased. There so spirals running this right out of, you know, uh, the nonprofit open source Bitcoin focused. Maybe it, I don't know if it's nonprofit, but uh It's definitely not tax nonprofit. Um, Division of Square, well, Block formerly Square. Uh, I think most people would think like this was, you know, maybe like a woke SJW type of study. But really, the findings of the study was like women don't really view Bitcoin any differently than men.
0: Bitcoin, Bitcoin doesn't care.
1: Attitudes toward Bitcoin are largely the same across genders. Now, it was a study of thousand women who had. 1,000 th- people, both men and women, that have heard of Bitcoin, but have never used Bitcoin. And they have a bunch of results and graphs and whatnot. But the big takeaway is that it's basically the same.
0: Yeah. Women, yeah, there's a lot of apprehension. I think I'm on page. Um, finding number three, women are very concerned with trust and safety and don't know if Bitcoin is safe. Amara from Argentina is turning her Argentinian Argentine pesos into dollars and turning it into cash. I would argue that's not very safe. Women don't find Bitcoin easy to learn about from the people and formats they follow. If if there's any women listening to this show that think that, please let us know. We would like to change that. Um, Yeah. So there's a I mean, it does highly, we have a lot of work to do in terms of like educating or maybe it's not us doing the work or people coming to understand it. It is a foreign, a foreign um, idea from us, an alien idea is probably uh, the best way to describe it. Um, Oh man, just in. Moving on now, I just got some breaking news sent via text message. What? AG Merrick Garland announces the U.S. Department of Justice is creating an Office of Environmental Justice. (laughs) So, another. The O-I-J? The uh, O-E-J. Yes, the O-E-J. So, another three-letter.
1: Environmental with an I. (laughs) That's pretty bad. O-E-J.
0: Oej, so another three letter agency here.
1: Horrible three letters. That's not a good one. Oej, that- OEJ. Oej,
0: Ouija, Ouija, <laughs> Oej, Oej, Oej. Ouija. You say fast, Ouija, Ouija, Ouija. They're summoning demons to control your life. Okay. Um, we spun up a, a ministry of truth last week. Now we get an office of environmental justice this week. Just more bureaucratic bullshit to fuck up your life we gotta change this we're just getting uh, so that's new this is some new information this is the breaking news on the rip this
1: is a three letter agency that's gonna put Marty in fucking gulag
0: that's literally so this is the text I got they are coming for you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if I invite it's
1: important to laugh
0: yeah you have to laugh you have to laugh Um, speaking of, of laughing, let's get to the shout outs. We have two this week, unless I refresh and we get another, which didn't happen. Um, so this is interesting. Greetings from Finland. Shout out to our Finnish freaks. I don't know if you're aware, but Finland possesses over 1000 Bitcoin seized from a drug bust. The government is planning on donating at least some of it to Ukraine. This is just so short sighted. Setting aside the method of acquisition, Finland possesses its own Bitcoin treasury. Other than the cost of custody, the Finnish government could just hold it. And when it comes to donating to Ukraine, Finland has has its own problems. Finland is next up if Russia decides that it cannot bear a further NATO incursion on its borders. We are prepared and we'll give them a bad time. Look up Simo. I do not understand how to pronounce it. Finnish stuff. Haya, haya. H-A-H-A and the A's have like two dots over them. H-A-Y-H-A and the A's have two dots over them. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> But maybe it would help to hold on to that Bitcoin too. I love the show. Keep up the good work. Shout out to our Finnish freak. I agree. I don't think.
1: I'm torn on this one.
0: Oh uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd agree if the Finnish government were smart, it would hold the Bitcoin and wouldn't donate them to like a a war effort.
1: no i'm i'm torn on it well first of all on how to pronounce haya. no i'm i'm but the main reason i'm torn on it is because it seized bitcoin
0: uh, now
1: i don't think governments I, I i definitely don't like this idea of like well we'll focus on our government i don't like the idea of the u.s government having a policy where they hold seize bitcoin I want them to fucking fire sell it for shit coins or or burn it right <laughs> like those are like the two options. I don't want this like there's like this perverted incentive there where it's like, okay, all of a sudden you know we're seizing bitcoin and we're 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 getting all these gains on our seized bitcoin right our purchasing power is protected um our Bitcoin treasury is doing great. And then they're just like passing new laws and using the existing vague laws to go after Bitcoiners and seize more Bitcoin, right? Like that's a very perverse incentive. We saw that happening um, with independent police forces uh, in terms of uh, where they were like seizing cars and cash and guns and all these different assets and they were allowed to keep them. Um, And so basically like these independent local police forces had like a massive revenue stream. Their main revenue stream was, was, was taking people's shit. And like you had, a,
0: if you wanted to get your shit back, you had to sue them and prove in the court of law. Yeah. that it was rightfully yours. And so they usually took your money, which you would then, you would not have money
1: to fucking <laughs> to sue them pay with. for your
0: lawyer. It's so fucking ass backwards.
1: Yeah. So that's what I'm really torn about. Like, I don't like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, and this bring it back to another, like, I guess it's not seizure, but they found the Bitfinex Bitcoin. The government is US government going to give them back. Probably not. That's
1: what I'm saying. Like, should they, should they hold that? <laughs> I think they should burn it. Just fucking burn the whole fucking thing.
0: I mean, I, obviously we'd like that. So I like, I
1: try and stay out of, you know, like political lobbying or whatever, but I feel like one of the, single biggest wins that we could get would be if we convinced, if we if we got like a law put in place that the US government had to burn any Bitcoin they seized.
0: Well, when it comes to the Bitcoin, or the Bitfinex Bitcoin, like they should give it back to Bitfinex. I mean, it was stolen from them. They found it. and You should get your stolen goods back, right? That makes sense. And in, t- in terms of seizing it from like the Silk Road, even though I think the Silk Road should be completely legal and people should be able to do whatever they want,
1: yeah, they uh, should give it back to bitfinex They're not going to. No, they should. Yeah. Um, because bitfinex in that situation wasn't the alleged criminal, right? And yeah. Silk Road is alleged criminal, but I think I would love, like, I I don't know if that'd be so hard of a of a, of a pull to convince, you know, government status types that like we should just burn all Bitcoin, like. Why don't we tell them it's bad for the environment and, you know, like they shouldn't be supporting Bitcoin as an ecosystem and they should just, it's like inherently illegal or whatever. Like use all the things they use against us and be like, burn everything you seize and then just get that on the books. And then from this point on, they won't really have a strong incentive to seize Bitcoin. And if they do, existing Bitcoin holders get the benefit of more scarcity. So increasing purchasing power.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'd love that. But then, does the government want that? Do they, do they want Bitcoin or I don't know. I think, I think,
1: you know, that if, if you're going to lobby the government, why don't you lobby them to do that? I don't burn know. it! Burn it!
0: How do you burn it? You, you know, just know, send yeah. it to, to a non real address. address.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One Bitcoin eater or whatever. I mean, you can do it to a bunch. Steve.
0: <laughs> People got mad at Steve Barber for burning coins last year. Remember that? He did like a no. Satoshi sacrifice uh, to pay homage to Satoshi. People got really mad at him.
1: I don't know. Why would you get mad at him? Like anyone can burn coins whenever they want to burn them.
0: Yeah. I forget. I think I feel like it was like AJ Times I mean, that's what I
1: did. I burned all my Bitcoin and then Same. I had to start fresh again.
0: Yeah. What is after Bitcoin?
1: After I lost all
0: of uh, yeah, I like that. That's an interesting strategy. I think Bitfinex should get their Bitcoin back. Probably not. That's a shame.
1: It was like Bitfinex. So, like, so Bitfinex is a little bit confusing, right? Because Bitfinex gave everyone a haircut at their exchange. So, it wasn't Bitfinex, a forced haircut, though. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. You, I mean, you received. So, I don't if think you only had the held, ability
0: to hold that token, if you wanted to,
1: okay. But if you only held Ethereum on the exchange, Bitcoin was stolen. If you only held Ethereum on the exchange, you had the same socialized losses. So they like cut your balance, and then they gave you their bullshit token or whatever, and they were like, "You have the ability to uh, hold this." I didn't realize far. they
0: cut balances.
1: Yeah, and they replaced it with the token, mm. and then you could hold the token that would be worth one dollar when everyone was whole. But people didn't think that would happen, so they were selling low. And like the theory, at least, is that Bitfinex was buying them back low so that their obligations were lower.
0: Yeah, there's going to be a movie made about the Bitfinex hack. So
1: and it's, it's going going to, not it's, that clear. And it's going to focus on this. Bitcoin.
0: That's the thing that's going to suck about the Bitfinex Burning movie. it
1: would be easier.
0: Yeah, it would be much easier. But the thing that's going to suck about the Bitfenix movie is that it's going to focus on those two assholes from Brooklyn who probably weren't even the actual thieves and were the patsies. It's not going to focus on...
1: You me. mean the richest rapper of all time? <laughs> <laughs> of course it's going to focus on her.
0: As it should. No. It should really focus on like the discussion we're having, like the intricacies of... The, the name of the movie the should be
1: richest rapper of all time. <laughs> yeah. Straight up, that should be the name of the movie.
0: Ugh. Netflix, HBO, Paramount, whoever. We're giving out free, free alpha here. The richest rapper ever. Software <laughs> updates. My Citadel version 1.0 has been released. This is a desktop client.
1: We only had one shout out.
0: Oh, no, we had two. Good call.
1: Yeah, I thought you said two.
0: We went on a tangent with... uh. <laughs> At the finish, the finish freak sent us down the road. Shout out to you, finish freak. Second and last shout out of the week. What's up, dog? Vake. Nothing much, bro. Thanks,
1: Vake. Appreciate this. We, we chilling
0: here. We chilling here. Vake. I but like now, you, well, this is why I love the name. shout outs. Wrapped
1: Bitcoin, R-A-P-P-E-E.
0: <laughs> so, I like yeah. that. Uh, this is the thing about the, Like, are people impersonating Vake? Is this actually Vake? Do we ever No, get that's
1: actually vague. That's definitely vague.
0: Okay. Thanks, Vake. Love you, brother.
1: Vake, if that wasn't you, just do a shout-out next week to let us know.
0: Also, Vake, where the hell were you at the Live Rabbit Recap? You were supposed to come up on stage and we were supposed to... Like, lambast you in front of yeah, the Yeah, you were audience. supposed to join
1: us for the live one.
0: Cop out. Shame on you, Vake. My Citadel version 1.0 has been released. <laughs>
1: Vake is in the comments saying it's me, but I don't know how we can verify that that's actually Vake.
0: Uh, This is an interesting project.
1: Vake got bend.
0: Vake got bend.
1: He said we didn't call him up. We didn't call him up. He's got a point. We probably should have. What are you going to do next year?
0: Vake, we told you to meet us at the stage the week before we went live. Vake,
1: join us on the live RHR at BitBlockBoom.
0: Ooh, yes. You're in Austin, Texas. Don't even have to leave. That's like...
1: Come join us for the... oh. And if if we shout you out to come join us and you're not in the audience, that's on you. That is on you. (laughs) Good timing.
0: Don't even have to leave. Um, Uh, So this My Citadel
1: thing's pretty cool. Yeah. Software release.
0: Yeah. Explain more. I've seen like people tweeting about it and seen screenshots, but now I'm reading the release notes. Seems really cool. Like multi sig, lightning, inheritance things.
1: Uh well, first of all, it says it's still in beta, so don't use it with too much money. Um I mean I tried it out with with all my Bitcoin and lost it also. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, that one I'm fucking around about I haven't tried it yet um, and but the cool feature that it has apparently is that you can make a multi-sig like you can make a 3 of 5 multi-sig that turns into a like 1 of 5 multi-sig after a certain amount of time goes by or blocks go by um,
0: this is, I, so, I, you, I... so
1: you can make it require less signatures so in an inheritance situation um or if you lose a key, you have a safeguard, so you can imagine like an inheritance situation um you give you give like your your kid or something like that like one key and you give a lawyer a second key or your aunt a second key and then but they need three keys to spend it while you're living, but if you die and then three years go by or whatever um then they only need two keys to spend from it, and then they can spend it this
0: is Something I love to see, one feature that Bitcoin has that I think is severely underutilized at the moment is time locks. Uh, I, just time locking Bitcoin. But this is, isn't
1: a time lock.
0: Why? If you,
1: so if you do a traditional time lock, it's... It's, it's yeah, not a time no lock? one can No one can spend it. Oh. Right? Like if I did a... 4000 block time lock then it doesn't yeah, matter how many signatures you have you just can't spend it for four thousand. so what blocks. is this
0: well this feature All right. So time lock, not the specific time lock feature but using like
1: a, I, I have no idea what what they're doing under the hood to make it happen
0: yeah i did like, not look
1: into it it's been a busy week uh this came out relatively recently what was it like two days ago or something it's
0: like a, it's like an on-chain dead man switch right essentially yeah it's, like, that's, that's a good way to it describe it yeah
1: I think cool. it's it's a, like Taproot is involved. It's a Taproot native wallet, um, and these are the guys that are doing RGB. So this is going to be like the this is the base of, for their RGB wallet, which is their tokens on Lightning. Um, but this is the on-chain component of it, so that it doesn't have any of the Lightning stuff in it yet. Is my understanding? Yeah,
0: you check it out. My supports little-
1: hardware wallets, all the good shit. Open source. Air gap. All that good, good. Uh, So Kita's asking, how does it know when someone dies? It doesn't. It's just a straight up, the amount of time since, I believe, since the last transaction uh, is what it is. So if you're still alive, you got to make transactions so it doesn't decay.
0: You just sign. Would that be possible? What? If you just signed.
1: No, you got to broadcast the transaction. Yeah, transaction has to be in the blockchain.
0: Would it, it wouldn't be any different, like from a from a private VC, would it? If you just signed with the private key, like I'm thinking, it was a UX. What if you could sign? It would extend.
1: Well, then you need like a centralized server or something. The whole point is that everything's in the chain. Yeah, that's a good point. But now Zorn is telling me that I'm mistaken. I believe Zorn is telling me that I'm mistaken and that it has nothing to do when the last transaction happened and just has to do with when you created the wallet and the amount of time that happens after you create the wallet, which might also be the case. Like I said, I have no idea. I have not looked into it.
0: Go look into it yourself, freaks. We'll have the link in the show notes. Go experiment with it. Don't trust us. Give us us. a
1: shout out about how it works.
0: (laughs) Go verify. Um tool version 1.0.4 has been released. Our friend Bitcoin Q&A has a nice little thread on this. Uh, the SeedZor uh, is the cool feature where you can s- uh, split up your seed backup into two or multiple BIP39 compatible seed. So I guess you can... Is it similar like Shamir sharding or... No. No. All right.
1: Um, XOR is, uh, what cold Guard supports already. Um, and it has, a. there's some slight differences with Shamir's. First of all, you can do everything by hand and verify everything by hand. Um, it's like a very simple process, uh, in terms of intuitively. Um, and with XOR, you need, you need both. You need all the, you need all of the, um, pieces okay. but it's nice because you can you can keep so you, the simplest is just two right and you can keep those two seeds in different places and it's almost like a poor man's multi-sig you need both of them to to restore the funds yes but it's good to see the improvements here uh this is also super fat arrows involved in this project too
0: super fat arrow what a name
1: such a um, good name
0: We are going to talk about the next software update, then we're going to blow through the rest because I want to talk about a lot of the topics we have on the back end of the show, and we have a tight 40 minutes here. Uh, Tor version 0.4.77 has been released. This is the first stable Tor release with support for congestion control, which eliminates the speed limit of current Tor, reduces latency by minimizing relay queue length, significant performance improvement, and increased utilization of network capacity. This seems like a pretty big Tor update. Am I mistaken?
1: It seems pretty big. Yeah, yeah. I mean just supposed to make everything more performant. Um, yeah, this is also a very recent. I think this dropped yesterday.
0: Yeah. Shout out to no bullshit bitcoin. Uh, that's where I saw this first in their telegram channel. Um, if they're sharing they're on it,
1: Telegram, Twitter, RSS feed. Great it. feed.
0: Great feed. Um, MK4 shipping and new firmware is available. MK4 is going out, freaks. I've got my hands on one. I got to plug it in, start messing with it. Plug it in, uh, not to the internet, but just to p- some power source, but potentially battery. Um, yeah, I
1: have some MK4s here too. I need to use and test and yes, I haven't yet.
0: Lightning multiplexer has been released by Bottle. But Pay. he
1: released just a. To- so, what there's MK4 is shipping now. That's mm. harder wallet in the and business, the
0: new, and the new firmware is out.
1: He's insisting on calling them signing devices now. I don't know if I agree with that, but whatever.
0: I might uh, agree with that. I think I agree with that.
1: What about what about uh Shishi's idea of a Bitcoin computer?
0: Bitcoin computer. No, I don't like that.
1: I don't know if I like either of them. I don't think I like hardware wallet either. But I, I don't know if, if <laughs> signing device is necessarily the.
0: Why not? What's wrong with signing? That's what it is. You sign. Private key as the broadcast transaction.
1: Yeah, but that doesn't matter. I don't know if the goal is to make like to have terminology that's like accessible and easy for people to understand and explain to people.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I, it doesn't seem like that's one.
0: Well, I don't think that's the intention. I think it's to be more accurate. No, that's the intention.
1: And then um, MK4, MK3's uh, firmware has been released. There's a couple other things I don't know, but they've been <laughs> they've been running through. Uh, MVK got mad at me last week because we didn't mention a bunch of shit. So I I, I tried my best, MVK. There you go,
0: <laughs> Rodolfo. We're sorry. We're Go sorry. to
1: coldguard.com or coinkite.com and click their blog and see what they've been talking about.
0: It's a blog. Really, weird. Click Their blog. Blog. <laughs> uh, introducing multiplexer incoming payment failover for this is lightning. Yost cool. Jager. Who's been on the podcast. Yager. Jager. Yager. Tomato. Tomato. Very, uh, very critical lightning dev. Somebody has been working on it for right. some time. Um, famously uh left light not he left lightning labs to focus on lightning network security um and highlighting where there are inefficiencies and i and I imagine um this failover for lightning and multiplexer is, is something that um he's happy to bring to market because it helps with the u x side of things
1: so first of all, this is open source um The cool part to me of this is that you're separating the invoice database stuff from the node. Um, So we talked a lot about, like in the past, we've talked a lot about how if you have an LND node, like it's really hard to switch over to to Core Lightning or one of the other uh, implementations. Um, I mean, that sucks for individual users, but it's even more extreme for Uh, businesses so in this case my my basic understanding with the multiplexer is that it doesn't really matter what the (laughs) nodes you have in front of it are the multiplexer is the one handling all the invoice database stuff Um, so you can be you can like seamlessly switch between implementations or you can have multiple you could be running multiple different implementation nodes, and they're all connected to the multiplexer on the back end. Now, I might be completely wrong about that. But thats <laughs> that seems like the cool part here. Um, and if that's not the case, my understanding at the very least is that this is like the setup process for that to be the case.
0: Progress. Moving forward.
1: It's like detaching the node part from... Actual the database part,
0: yeah, which is a pretty big step. Shout out to Yoast.
1: No, oh, yeah. See, in the future, support for node implementations other than LND may added, using a mix of. Imp- Thanks, Car. Car scrolled away from me, but, um, but using a mix of implement. Scroll up a little bit, Car. I mean, whatever. You, you can use a mix in the future. You're going to be able to use a mix of implementations. Right now, you can't. But that's the cool part to me.
0: Yeah, using a mix of implementations further increases the resiliency of the system. Correct. Um, this is open source. so go check this out. Is Yoast working at BottlePay now?
1: Yeah, BottlePay's been f- pay, funding him for a while now. He's, I think they're a lead engineer. Sweet.
0: Shout out to Yoast and BottlePay for bringing that to market. Again, progress slowly but surely things aren't perfect, Bitcoin isn't perfect, everybody should understand this, we're working to make it better. There are things that you need to be aware of as much as people will say Bitcoin is perfect. It does have a perfect monetary system, a perfect monetary policy, but the actual implementation of that depends on code. Uh, That isn't always perfect. We're building in layers here. Um, And... uh, with Lightning too, it's not perfect. We're still um, making that better as well. We need better privacy on both layers. Progress Taproot helps us. This stuff could get us to it to a place where um, privacy is better on Lightning as well. And then,
1: do you see these comments? Is Bitcoin nuking?
0: Where are we? Thirty-five nine thirty? No, not really. I think it's higher than when. Come we Come
1: on, Yada. Thirty five thousand dollars is not nuking. Uh, Stay humble and stack sets.
0: I think that's where I think we're above where we are where, when we started the episode. So not on air. Um.
1: Well, my block clock still says fifty four thousand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Interesting. I'm going to pull this thread up because this is uh. Interested to get your thoughts on this. I don't know if you saw the thread from um, Buck. Uh, Buck Dickerson.
1: Buck Dickerson.
0: Buck Dickarson Um, I'm going to put this in our Telegram. I think this is
1: definitely someone we know who just created a new Twitter account. It is someone
0: we know. I'm not sure if you do you know who it is. Yeah, and he's a very solid Bitcoiner. So I don't know if you've seen this thread, but it's an interesting take on what the Lightning Network is. So I'll read the thread aloud for anybody at home uh, that's listening, can't see it on the screen. First, Lightning isn't a scaling layer, it is Bitcoin. It is how Bitcoin works natively. Moreover, it solves Vitalik Buterin's idiotic blockchain trilemma. It uses Bitcoin security, it scales Bitcoin natively and keeps Bitcoin decentralized. Second, Tarot makes native tokens feasible without the pitfalls of shitcoining by using the native network effect of, light, of the Lightning network. Stop saying that Lightning is a second layer solution. Stop saying that Lightning scales Bitcoin. Bitcoin is Lightning, and Lightning is layer one. It's effectively just a wild implementation that keeps channels between parties open. I thought that was an interesting framing of the Lightning Network and explanation of it. Interested to get your thoughts on that.
1: I mean, it's, I, I, I don't disagree. Um,
0: Cause it is again, it's like just like a multi sig, and then wild implementations take that multi sig transaction and just do things
1: with yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, if we want to call it a layer one, we can call it a layer one. I just, uh, then what is on chain? I, you're just conf- like at, at the end of the day, like, what are these terminologies for? It's just for discourse between humans.
0: Eh, I thought it was an interesting
1: term. Um. Like when like we're teaching someone how to make a lightning payment or whatever, and then we're like, just be mindful that this is a layer one payment and not a layer two payment, but it's completely different than than your normal on-chain payment. Yeah, but that can be um,
0: abstracted away, like moons doing. But it's it.
1: definitely it's definitely completely different than something like Liquid. I would say like Liquid is more of a pure layer two.
0: Mm-hmm. Um agreed.
1: My guess is who's ever behind that account is someone at Lightning Labs. Who wrong. put a lot of wrong? Wrong. Oh, I was gonna say, I'm gonna continue my statement. <laughs> who had a lot of good points and then mixed in a tarot justification in the middle.
0: I'll uh, not anybody from Lightning Labs. I think you'll be surprised with who it is. I'll tell you after. Um speaking of lightning.
1: Like what new- like what what was the tarot what was the tarot sentence?
0: Uh, buh, 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 buh. Second, taro makes native tokens feasible without the pitfalls of shitcoining by using the native network effect of the Lightning Network. And when I tell you who it is, you'll get why that was said. Um, but it wasn't anybody from Lightning Labs.
1: Okay. Well, I mean that that's probably the only statement I would argue against.
0: I'm a, I'm because it's
1: literally like, how can you avoid the perils of shitcoining when it's okay. enabling shitcoins on Lightning?
0: That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Like, oh, uh, I'm not even going to get down that road. I don't feel like doing it right now. <laughs> I was going to say. I just
1: feel like big have so many pointless things to argue about. Like, Do we really have to argue about layer one versus layer two? I don't really care.
0: I don't think he's really arguing. I think he's just trying to illuminate
1: a way a to A narrative right. battle.
0: That's not even heard about. I think it's just. $2. I would
1: agree. I I would definitely agree that it's definitely. More, it's a at the at the end of the day, they're batch Bitcoin transactions, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if, yeah, I'm, custodial lightning is that layer? That's layer two.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you, yeah, I,
1: mean, I wonder his opinion on that.
0: And cash apps layer two, Coinbase layer two,
1: Liquids layer two.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that I mean, that's pretty commonly accepted. I think there's agreement around like exchanges and custodians being layer two solutions. Their their internal databases are a layer on top of Bitcoin, I guess, not directly connected to the chain. But um, now we're just getting into semantics. Uh, there's a new Lightning only VPN, lnvpn.net. It's pretty cool. Uses a WireGuard VPN client. I don't think I've ever heard of WireGuard.
1: So WireGuard's a protocol. Um it's a it's the, a new VPN protocol that's more performant. Um like all all the good all the good hosted VPN providers are using WireGuard. Like Mullvad supports WireGuard um, as a protocol. Um so this is they have their own they have their own servers and they're using WireGuard as the WireGuard as the protocol. So in practice, it's not really any different than MulVad. Uh The main two differences are you're trusting a different individual or group of individuals. In this case, we have no idea who's running this, um, and you can pay hourly and it's lightning native, which is cool. Uh, MoVAD, you have to use uh, vpn.sovereign.engineering if you want to pay Lightning. Molvad doesn't accept Lightning payments directly. Um, and it's just kind of a cool idea that you can do like a throwaway one-hour VPN with Lightning payment for like what? It's like 10 cents 10 or cents. something for one yeah. hour?
0: Yeah, you pay a like um, f- few hundred sets.
1: But I just want to reiterate one more time. That with a hosted VPN provider, the main trade-off you're making is you're putting a lot of trust in that VPN provider. And there's no way for us to prove that someone isn't isn't, uh, keeping logs. So there's no way to prove you're not keeping logs. So it always comes down to a reputation game. um, And these people have zero reputation. Uh, With all that said, I've (laughs) talked about MoBan many times. I've talked about IVPN. Many times they both could be honeypots. Um, and we won't know until after we get completely fucked. Uh, but that's just the trade off you make when you use a VPN.
0: Yeah, who is running this? Who are they? Do you know
1: they're they're anons? So, I have no idea. They don't even list a NIM, I don't believe.
0: Berlin Bitcoiner, car saying they follow Warren. Tagami from Blockstream, Light Rider from Fulmo. Yeah, he's working on, so Light Rider, I guess he's a nim. Uh, is
1: it, it's Light Rider on Twitter, got it?
0: Light Rider 5, uh, the, the number 5, Light, L-I-G-H-T, Rider, R-I-D-E-R 5, is working on it. Um, I think The account, the Twitter account follows three people, Warren Tagami, Light Rider, and WireGuard. Um, and that's how you do research on the go, folks. Uh, if you want to buy a month subscription, I was doing math, put on my calculator. Pretty cheap, eight thousand three hundred forty-three sats for for month long VPN there. But be aware, it could be our FBI agent. Light Rider could be working for the FBI behind the scenes and could be our agent. So
1: you could have killed Light Riders one through four, and then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, this is a really cool study the Voltage Podcast Index study diving deep um, into the numbers there's a lot of people uh, listening to podcasts using Podcasting 2.0 enabled apps shout out to those of you who are currently doing that as I speak it's pretty
1: cool that there's over 6,400 Podcasting 2.0 value for value podcasts
0: that's a lot, that's a significant amount of podcast. a million sats a month or is that a per day? day. Excuse me. A million per day. stats
1: per day are being streamed, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. The reason they know these stats, by the way, is because as part of the podcasting 2.0 spec, uh, podcast index, as the index of all the podcasts, has a sustainable business model of taking 1% of, of the stream. So when you stream stats uh, to this show right now, um, a portion goes to DJ Seeds, a portion goes to Car, a portion goes to me, a portion goes to Marty, and a portion one percent goes to Podcast Index. So if 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 you control the Podcast Index node, which Adam Curry does, which is being run on Voltage, then you can extrapolate from there and know how many Sats are being streamed um, per day, and that's how they know this.
0: Yes love podcasting 2.0 shout out to adam Carey, the pod father putting the team on his back fighting and many others who are building it now but adam obviously championing it and it's his idea and he's running with it and trying to preserve pure content on the web and content monetization on the web in the digital age via bitcoin shout out to all you freaks again contributing streaming sats right now Thank you for the value. We hope you're getting value out of this. Smash that that like and subscribe button. I'm just going to throw that in there randomly. This um, is cool. Are, you, are we officially changing the pronunciation to eBEX? Yeah, eBEX Mercado um, <laughs> is running the lightning implementation for As of
1: right now
0: Mexican uh, Bitcoin exchange Taurus. So. Ebex, uh partner, first
1: Mexican Bitcoin exchange to add Lightning support for both withdrawals and deposits.
0: We get to celebrate some very positive news out of Mexico on Cinco de Mayo. Let's go! Shout out to uh, Toros in Evex Mercado. Um, we believe Lightning is going to take over the world. So it's good to see this stuff happening, Lightning. Actually, I'm not going to speak for you, man. I think Lightning. I just very really,
1: important. it's just really cool to see this Mexican Bitcoin exchange add another layer one payment option. Just really <laughs> fantastic.
0: <laughs> Here's a cool quote from the uh, the article: "2021 is the year the Lightning burst into the Bitcoin ecosystem. 2022 will be remembered as the year Bitcoin truly became transactional and started transforming people's financial lives." Said Mario Eagle. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> car how do you pronounce that
1: he's halfway through the last <laughs> name and he just dropped it <laughs> oh god
0: <laughs> uh mary uh it's under the ad for shoes if you get if you get a shoe ad i'm probably getting
1: it's under this is the
0: third paragraph from the bottom
1: my um, understanding is everyone gets different ads
0: yeah No, Mario Aguil- Aguiluz. Aguiluz? Aguiluz. Aguiluz. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think, I mean, <laughs> we're, we were just showing Lightning Network VPN. Uh, I can't pronounce Finnish or Mexican last name, so we, we figured that out this, this episode. Laugh at me all you want, freaks, okay? I'm sorry. Um, VPN, spending with Lightning beef initiative ranchers selling their beef spending with Bitcoin over lightning uh getting easier I had a valet guy and uh at one of the restaurants down here and I always ask now I'm like can I tip you in Bitcoin I do it before I go into the restaurant uh and today finally got the first yes like over cash out yeah I take cash out Bitcoin I was like sweet I'll be doing that did that Um, what's happening? Did you right? tell
1: him not your keys, not your coins?
0: I didn't, I didn't have the key, not your key, not your coin lecture on the way out. My parents were in town. We're just... <laughs> didn't have time. Um, shout out to my dad. Sent pictures to the family group. Text, he went and shake his local rancher's hand in the Pennsylvania area. He got some nice. beef. chilling the beef initiative to him. Um, I was speaking of the beef initiative... I'm going to have Dr. Uh, Mary Care on tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Uh, she's been working with the Beef Initiative. There's a beef beef, uh, beef broth, bone broth, bone broth. There we go. Bone broth challenge, May 13th and 14th. Fast, two-day fast. Uh, you can only drink bone broth. I'm going to participate in it. That starts next Friday. Friday, Saturday, bone broth. I'm going to do it on the weekend. God damn it. Um, but Yeah. Go to beefinitiative.com and learn more about that. Uh, ch, 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 ch. Currency Last Resort by our good friend Alex Gladstein has hit bitcoinmagazine.com. Uh, I have not read it yet, but it's about um, how Bitcoin is helping. Uh,
1: and specifically, it's about... Uh, Ukraine, Russia. Bitcoin, Bitcoin developer, Gleb. Yeah, Gleb. Uh, former New York Bitcoiner who uh, has been working on the ground uh, in his home of Ukraine. That's what I was going to say. Doing humanitarian during the, work.
0: That was another thing I was going to say during the finish thing. If the government is going to donate to Ukraine, donate to somebody like Gleb. It's probably actually getting it to people on the ground.
1: Yeah, like do like humanitarian aid, not military aid.
0: Yeah. Um, shout out to
1: Gleb. I mean, Gleb, but they really should burn the Bitcoin, let's be honest. <laughs> Gleb is a... Uh, Gleb's a real one. He's a fucking a real, legend. I mean, he's a real one. He's like
0: one of the smartest young minds in Bitcoin. I hope you stay safe over there, Gleb. If you're listening, if you can hear this, I doubt you are. You're probably busier with other things, but...
1: Yeah, I, don't, I hope you're not listening to this.
0: Yeah, um, I hope you're staying safe. And, I mean, in a very important young mind doing incredible work on the P2P side, the networking side, Lightning Security. Him and Antoine Riard run a research company together. They're really trying to figure out how to make Bitcoin as resilient and robust as possible. Um, And he's doing good things on the humanitarian side of Ukraine right now. (sighs) Shout out to Gleb. A fucking real one. Um, This is pretty big this week. PayPal is beginning to use uh, to censor more indie content producers uh, mint press and uh, what was the other one I'm uh, know anyone
1: surprised by this shit anymore
0: consortium news yeah PayPal beginning to deplatform
1: this is like the tale of this whole episode is just like centralized third parties in this case all, these large corporations <laughs> are consistently being used as a proxy of of the US government to exact whatever they need to do without having to deal with constitutional protections. So in this case, you know we have free speech in this country. Okay, well, pressure financial companies like PayPal to make sure that they can't monetize easily. Now, they could still speak if they want to, um, but we'll also pressure the social media companies to make sure that they censor them there too. But those are private companies. You have no constitutional protections. Oh, we want to spy on you? Okay, we'll buy it from independent corporations and we'll use independent corporate software to keep databases of it and do the tooling or whatnot. So there's this massive um, integration that has happened among the world's largest companies that are based in the United States um, and our government. And they're used to both monetize us because we have extremely valuable data that corporations can 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 profit off of. And then also to control us on the government level because they don't have any kind of regulatory protection or constitutional protection on that shit. Yeah.
0: It's all fucked. It's all fucked. You got to build but your way out. up. There is hope. I mean, dude, what we're building with the ghost BTC pay server implementation. I mean, we're trying to prove the way. Like, you can... And
1: streaming stats, podcasting yeah.
0: 2.0. Yeah. It's Just like
1: accepting d- Bitcoin payments, period. Yeah. Without a trusted third party.
0: Yeah, I mean, DJ's been working hard behind the scenes building this yeah. Ghost BTC Pay server integration, and that is a solution. Like, Ghost is open source. You can self-host. Uh, we don't do it yet, but we plan on doing it, self-hosting the Ghost site. So we control that. We control uh, a server that holds that uh, so, content. Just, Yeah. And then we inject a BTC Pay server that runs on the <laughs> node that we control, and there's literally, like, the only... Like rough,
1: well, did like, you see the last story I put on the list?
0: The biggest point of failure is the d n s provider um, no, there
1: there's there's uh what a federal judge ordered all ninety six internet service providers, every single internet provider in the United States and every single payment provider payment app bank to block three streaming sites
0: by any technological means available. yeah <laughs>
1: And this so is just in this like- case, once again, they're pressuring the companies that provide us internet, provide us financial services, and they're using that leverage to stop these these streaming services. Now, are these streaming services breaking laws? Yes. Am I making any kind of claims on whether or not um, those laws are just or not? No. But my point is this kind of power will be abused. And we're going to start... I, I think if, if you... If you're in the if you're working in the Bitcoin industry, um, if you're working in Bitcoin, if you're working on open source projects, if you're working in companies, if you're working in the greater cryptocurrency space and the crypto space, like this should be fucking scaring the shit out of you. Like this is, you know, this is the type of shit that we're gonna start to see more and more of.
0: Yeah. It's coming, freaks. It's coming. So be aware. Be aware. Um,
1: it's thundering outside right now. My dog is scared shitless.
0: Oh, sorry. We got to wrap it up here soon. We got less, you know, about 10 minutes left. Uh, I put it on the back end of the list. Uh, Jer- Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve uh, hiked rates uh, by 50 bips. Earlier this week, that was less than the 75 bips that a lot of people in the market thought it was going to be. Um, or that they pot, the Fed said they were going to do at one point in the past. So they're not raising rates as high. Uh, the market's highest, pumped. Yeah, highest rate hike in quite some time. But more importantly, uh, like we we knew that was going to happen. You had negative G didn't know it was going to happen. We knew it was a likely outcome due to negative GDP print inflation still going up but you have these pressures from the political class during a uh, an election year a midterm election year um the economy is the most important topic uh if you want to get reelected, you want to get economy gdp is down
1: but then um, the market's dumped today yeah, like that, really hard like, with the SM, like for for them it's like i i didn't watch cnbc today but like if the s p goes down three percent four percent like Fucking, like it's straight chaos mode in, in CNBC.
0: Yeah, there's, uh, I mean, it's chaotic, right? You're having sovereign, you're having the sovereign default bubble, sovereign debt bubble, well, a debt bubble pop. Um, you know, the markets are all at whack. They've been manipulated ad nauseum uh, for decades. And now this, you're going to have this volatility and these chaotic. Days that really can't be explained by anything. But another thing that came out this week, uh, it was made apparent that apparent. I don't know if it was a comments from Jerome Powell, but last fall when he was up for reappointment, and he was sort of in limbo—is Biden going to um, reappoint me to Fed governor? Um, uh, there, there's word on the street that he uh, didn't like. He delayed. <laughs> the initial rate hikes and they started raising rates, uh, because he was waiting to get reappointed fed Chairman. So people are saying he delayed by one meeting, um, the, the rate hike because he wanted to get reappointed. And if rates were lower and the economy is going, uh, Makes Biden look good, so he's more likely to appoint him. So like, the reason I want to bring that up is because it just points to the abject moral hazard that exists in the Federal Reserve central banking system and the fiat banking system. Is you literally have one dude who just wants to keep his job, uh, like not doing what he probably should have done you know, under the context of, I mean, the fiat money monetary standard shouldn't exist, the central bank shouldn't exist, but like under the context of central banking like what he should have done was raise rates but because he wanted to keep his job he <laughs> delayed that uh, rate hike which could have effect on the the, the economy overall maybe allowed inflation to run a bit higher than it otherwise would have uh, and just really acutely highlights the insane nature of the current central banking system where one man who wants to keep his job can have an undue effect on billions of people around the world
1: <laughs> yeah it's fucked up
0: yeah so beware, freaks. It's you know, centralized third parties. Humans are emotional creatures. They have wants, they have needs. Uh, one of those wants is to keep your job. Jerome Powell wanted to keep his job. So he delayed rate hikes, which, again, probably led to higher inflation than otherwise would have been. Um, or you can make the argument. Who, who knows what would have happened. Uh, last but not least, let end on this. Northern I mean myself. that's
1: probably the reason why we didn't hit 200k by conference day, right? Yeah, it was all that.
0: About- <laughs> Jerome Powell wanted to keep his job. <laughs> Asshole. Thanks, Jerome. Um, so it looks like the World Economic Forum and the UN are officially like teaming up. Let's roll this clip. Car, turn it up. 21 second clip.
1: This afternoon, the Secretary General and Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, will sign. A, will witness the signing of a memorandum of understanding. On a strategic partnership between the UN and the World Economic Forum, which outlines areas of cooperation to deepen engagement between the two institutions and to jointly accelerate the implementation of the 2030 Agenda. This afternoon.
0: Yeah. So the UN and the World Economic Forum are completely, are, are officially joining together in a partnership to accelerate the 2030 Agenda that you didn't ask for. You didn't sign up for all these politicians and these alphabet soup agencies and organizations and think tanks are, are trying to force you into. You are a slave to these people.
1: They should just combine acronyms and make it UNWEF.
0: Yes. UNWEF. 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 UN should be disbanded. You see the new building? They're building car. Look up the UN. UN new building construction. Are they building
1: Demo- it in Austin?
0: I don't know where they're building it, but... It's just it's
1: really impressive. You guys have built the crypto capital of the world over there.
0: Crypto capital? Get the fuck out of here. This is a Miami. <laughs> this is a Miami, sir. I'm just,
1: I'm just... The lead up to the WEF conference that you guys are holding.
0: I mean, the UN new building construction is not... Um, it's in Africa, it seems. Senegal. It's re- Senegal. Um, open that up like page. really not helping... The optics of them being demons, you can see an obvious 666 there. Um, so, are these like say, is part of being a Satanist and, and the occult ritual is that you're very. I was
1: looking really close with the 666. I see it.
0: Yes, there it is. And so, like a, a part of a, being a Satanist and a demon and an occult, part of the occult rituals is that you mock God and humanity by just being outwardly uh, aggressive with your signaling. This may be one of those signals. You know, I mean, you know, I call these people demons a lot and they're not helping their case in this construction of this building. It looks a little demonic to me. That's all I'm going to say.
1: Okay. There's six sixes, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just a uh, rotating six, 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 six. and it's ugly as fuck. Like, come on. Somebody builds like what happened to the days of building cathedrals. What happened to the days of building ornate beautiful buildings? That's just some demonic
1: That's one of my favorite accounts on Twitter.
0: What's which one? Kelly Lannon?
1: Wrath of Non.
0: Oh, uh, Wrath of non. I've had the pleasure of DMing with Wrath of non in the past. He's he's an extremely kind individual.
1: I've never spoken to him uh, privately, but he's great. Yeah, great Twitter account.
0: Incredible Twitter account. Um, all right. I know you got to go.
1: Yeah, I got to hit the road. I got to drive four and a half hours. To, uh,
0: <sighs> Good luck with that.
1: To a celebration of love.
0: Oh. Send my love.
1: We'll do. Um, yeah, I got nothing.
0: Reminder, another reminder. We're going to be spinning off RHR into its own feed in the next couple of weeks, Uh, so prepare yourselves for that. When we do that, we're going to not ready yet. I know it's not ready yet, but prepare mentally to do it and subscribe, rate, review that um, on your local app. Uh, It's going to need yeah, be
1: available on all podcasting apps.
0: Yes, Um, but it's going to be a completely new feed, so there's not going to be it's not gonna happen you don't you can't bring the ratings and reviews and subscribers subscribers from TFTC. So we're gonna need a Freak Nation to show up strong and support the show out of the gate and, and go tell a friend that you know is listening to the podcast to be aware of of the feed switch. And we'll talk about it here again, probably tweet about it as well right in the newsletter. We'll hit you from all angles but prepare if you're not like liked or subscribed to tftc already like what the hell are you waiting for just go do it um
1: and still dispatch
0: and still it dispatch. let's go
1: oh i moved the op the i couldn't get the ctv bit 119 conversation for this week so it's going to be on tuesday with rusty um, and rusty and shinobi it should shinobi. be a great conversation and we're going to talk about the whole lightning consensus stuff too. Bolt yeah. 12, blips, bolts. Be a fun one.
0: Is it a blip or a bolt? Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, speaking back to the World Economic Forum, like A16Z, Coindesk, Consensus, a bunch of other people in the crypto space um, are teaming up with we have to like Drive Narrative, of how to...
1: Yeah, they're going to have the WEF is having a conference, a crypto conference in Austin.
0: The Mayor Parker Lewis is not happy about it. <laughs> I think everybody in the mining industry is like, oh, are you talking, uh, you're talking? talking a consensus, right? I'm like, no, not after last year. Last year, they put me on some like environmental panel and they thought I was going to be like, what well, hey. was
1: that digital? It was virtual. Yeah, at that yeah point, it was right? virtual.
0: I just, uh, I did not fall in line, did not cede to their frame. And I don't think they asked me back because of that. Um, or maybe they just don't think I'm worth worthy, which is totally possible as well. Um, all right. Enjoy your drive. Drive safe. We'll be back here next week, freaks.
1: The price might be dumping, but we're not done yet. Stay humble, stack sets.
0: Peace of love. And the price like pumped a little bit since we last talked about it. So 36, six let fucking go. He's left to key.